Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Unstuck Movement. I am your host, Rob Z. Thank you for coming to this platform to be inspired. And I today have an amazing guest with us on the podcast. His name is Emilio Ramon. He's actually one of the sponsors of the podcast. Thank you to the sponsors and a huge shout out to the authors at Millionaire Academy, Connected Leaders Academy, and Unleash You Now. And of course, this platform is created for you to help you break those chains in your life that have been holding you back, to experience breakthrough through power, through strength, through perseverance, and through faith. So I bring people on here who have incredible stories of breakthrough, of how they got unstuck from very difficult places in their life. Today, Emilio is the CEO of Co-Author Network, a veteran-owned and operated publishing company in New Jersey. He has helped over 250 aspiring writers from around the world become published authors. Emilio broke a Guinness World Record for one of the most authors signed a book simultaneously in Toronto, Canada on February 15th, 2020. Emilio's Author Millionaire Academy, AMA, provides a community for authors to network and support each other through weekly calls and events. His commitment to empowering writers and transforming the publishing industry is evident through his work at Co-Author Network and AMA. I want to welcome to the Unstuck Movement right now, Emilio Ramon. Thank you for being here, brother. Thank you, Rob. Oh, man, thank you for that wonderful introduction. Love you, brother. And Daniela and I, my beautiful wife, uh, we're happy to support the Lit Coaching with Rob Z. Yes. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for your support. And, you know, on this platform, what I love to do is ask great questions. As John Maxwell said, good leaders ask great questions. If you ask better questions, you get better answers. So I love to start our episodes out with a question. And the question I want to ask you is, if you could live the second part of your life differently from the first part, what would that look like? And what has that looked like for you and your life? And how does that play into your unstuck story? Yeah. Wow. Very, very, very powerful quote. And uh, I also love John Maxwell. One of his quotes is that uh, everything rises or falls on leadership. So I thank you for, for your leadership. Uh, and the question resonates with me so much because if I could live the second half of my life differently from the first Rob, I know uh, to stop the drinking and stop the drugging, right? Stop the drinking and drugging is what comes to my mind. And as of today, I'm all about over a hundred and let's just say 10 days in my sobriety journey. So if this is, you know, you, you asked a real um, heartfelt question because for me, I always known I, I had all those successes that you mentioned, the Guinness World Record. I've helped over 125 authors and I did all that and I'm grateful. But what most people did not know about me was that I was struggling with this monkey called alcohol. And so today, that's how that looks like for me. I'm on a sobriety journey. I've, I've got my resources and, and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working through that mm -hmm. so I can now serve and impact and influence more authors and more speakers. I love that. And, you know, Emilio, of all the people that I've met over the course of my life, I'm going to put you right there at the top of the list of, of somebody who comes with such authenticity, such great energy and strength. Just uh, the way that you build other people up is incredible, really. It, it's it's something that uh, is a rare skill to have. And just the connection I feel like you can make instantaneously with people that is it seems to be innate with you. Uh, that uh, something that I would love to be around you enough to have it rub off on me a little bit. And 
I find it really fascinating, man, because I, you know, we, we never know what people are struggling with. And when, uh, you know, I met you and would talk to you, I'd never guessed about the things that you were struggling with. I didn't know you were struggling with alcohol. I didn't know that you were going through recovery, right? So how, I think this is huge, man, because and I'll be honest with you and everybody else, like I've struggled with addiction most of my life also. 20 years struggle that I've gotten myself clean from over the past year. And I kept it in the dark, hid it. Only people super close to me would know, right? And even then they wouldn't know necessarily that I was struggling with this thing. They thought I was just having fun with it, right? So for yourself, talking about getting unstuck, what has it done for you? And I'm curious, just in the past 100 days of your sobriety, how has that created this unstuck feeling in you? Because I'm yeah. sure, because I know from my own personal journey, the feeling you get when that monkey's not in your back anymore of, of or that you've, you're keeping that monkey off the, off your back, right? That you get that unstuck feeling. What's that been like for you recently? Wow, brother. Uh, thank you so much, man. I, I really, I got goosebumps when, when you were sharing your story and you said, you said something that only people close to you really knew the real you. People from the outside looking in, they're like, oh, wow, Rob's got it going on, right? Because of the persona and, and the attractive magnetic quality that, that that you put forward, right? So for me, I've always knew that I had this problem. And how does anyone know that they have an addiction or a problem? It really comes down to real something real simple. And that is, is your life or has your life become unmanageable? So has your finances be out of whack? Is your relationships uh, come at, at that price? And so for me, that's always been my my story. I've had a relationship and I just move on and I'll just like, ah, eh, you know, it was them. It was them. It was them. Mm. So one of the biggest things, Rob, that I found myself doing as a fake out, because I, when I was in my drinking, I was helping authors, all that good stuff. People saw the, hey, Mila coming on Facebook Live and I'm coming out with the books and hey, Rob Wentz and your forthcoming book. And everybody loves that energy. But then they didn't see, they don't see me for a couple of days. My addiction took me to places where uh, I was a binge a binge drinker, mm. if that makes sense. Well, I didn't drink every day, but when I did, I was out of commission. Mm -hmm. I, I was out of commission. And uh, there was something else I wanted to share, but uh, those thoughts escaped me. I'm sure you'll. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was curious, just how does that make you, how have you felt since you've escaped that, you know? Because that, that, that place so keeps you stuck. Back. That place really has you trapped and stuck. You're right. Thank you. And when people called me out on it, my wife, right? And when my close friends said, hey, Emilio, you know, uh, this is going on. So I did I did the fake out, right? Are, are, are you familiar with 75 Heart? Yeah. Right? So I would do things to get people off my back to distract them from, oh, Emilio doesn't have a problem. He stopped drinking for 75 days. And I would publicly come on and, hey, guys, it's it's day one. I'm doing it. Hey, it's day, and all of a sudden, but in my mind, I was like, I couldn't wait for day 76 because so I can put that behind me. Yeah. So I, I, so that's why I, does that make sense? Makes a total sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting, isn't it? That, uh, cause I'm always fascinated by the things that are going on behind the scenes. Uh, just because I know this personally for myself, it's very interesting to know that like, Wow, you see somebody who seems like they've really figured it out, but we're all dealing with things. And 
and it's so powerful. And I know you've talked about this. So I, I want you to share on this. What has it meant to you to tell this story? Has that helped in your healing? So anybody who's watching this or listening to this, who's dealing with addiction, who's struggling in this area, what has, because recently you started to talk about this and you've made this a part of like who you are and you've brought it into your business, right? To say, hey, here's what I'm struggling with. Here's where I'm at. doesn't change who I am, but I want you to know more about my story, that vulnerability really connects you to people. How has that changed uh, how you've been operating? Just bringing that story out. Yeah, brother. Um, we all know a gentleman named Daniel Gomez, right? I believe you know Daniel Gomez. Of course. Uh, yeah. And so we love him. And he had an opportunity to come to our event. And he said it, he, he's never cried at an event more than he cried at the AMA event that you were at. Then I went to his event. And it was supposed to be, and it is a, a teaching event for one of the be speakers and go on. So I had my my speech already planned. Rob, can you imagine? I already have my speech ready to go, uh, and I was like, "Cool, you know, I'm in this speaking space, so mm -hmm. I, I'm good." And when I got there, it was just like, when I went on stage, it was my turn. The first words that came out of my mouth: "I'm Emilio, and I'm an alcoholic." And I, that just poured out. And then I went into my story, very much like what I'm saying to you now and how that came about. And so I had whatever the allotted time was and I gave situations and, and, and I was very grateful, just like you introduced me. I said, I know you've heard me. You heard Daniel introduce me, Guinness World Record. I help so many authors, but the truth is I'm a medium and I'm an alcoholic. And I just went on and shared that. And then I ended by saying the same thing. You know, that I'm Emilio, still an alcoholic. And I walked off stage. And then you probably saw the picture with Daniel Gomez praying all over us. And it was just, I realized there was something liberating, something freeing, because that's my, my in myself, God has placed a, a spirit of enthusiasm and energy and excitement to help others. In fact, we were talking uh, prior to coming on, Zig Ziglar that I met when I was 21, I still live by this philosophy. If we help enough people, get what they want, you'll get what you want. So I've always made my life about how I can support someone else. But that monkey on my back called alcohol was limiting that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that monkey on your back holds you back from the real potential that you have to give to the world. That's, that's so true, man. And it, you know, and it, it's interesting that it kind of like, uh, would you say this is how I describe it myself, it keeps you selfish. Right. It keeps you thinking about you. So you're not able to think about other people as much because you're so kind of consumed by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And Robin, and as you know now, thank you for sharing your story. What happens when you're in active addiction? What happens? You uh, Shame and guilt. Shame and guilt keeps you there. Mm -hmm. Right. So I've learned through AA and through others, um, through just self-help and through coaching, like what, what you do. Right. That shared pain is less pain. Right. Just by talking about it, by coming out here. So fast forward, I did that on stage because I came out. Every other speaker following me <laughs> said I changed my what I was going to talk about, because what you talked about. Right. <laughs> Look at the impact. Right. Yeah. Then uh, to add to this, we know today, Daniel Gomez, the, the host of the event, you're I believe you're working with him. Yeah. He called. He just had and I had a call. He goes, you know, Emilio, I talked to my coaches and I realized that I was also using alcohol as a crutch. These are his words, not mine. And he's now not drinking, even though he didn't have the, the, the extreme like I went to, but he realized that while he was already impacting and influence others, 
he could have done, he could be doing much more. Mm, that's incredible. That's the thing that, I, and I have to remind myself of this and everybody listening, remind yourself that when you become vulnerable in that place and you start to tell that story, it just brings, as long as you're authentic with it, you're not trying to use it for like, uh, you know, a selfish advantage, but you're using it to help other people and to free yourself of that thing. It's going to have incredible impact. And I, and I think this is, and, and I'm going to be in the new uh, spiritual fitness survivor book that you're putting out in August. And part of the story that I told in there was that, I, you know, making your mess, your message, I think really God gives us whether we, we go through things in our life, right? Whether we're born with these things or we experience them throughout our life, we get through those things. That mess, once we get through it, becomes a message we can use to help other people. And what what other purpose would there be for going through all this stuff except to get through it and then help somebody else who might be dealing with it? So it's like God wants you to use those stories. And that's why they, they create such a profound impact on other people when you are able to share those. Amen. And, and, and I'm co-signing on what you're saying. And if those viewers or listeners, however you're consuming this uh, media right now, if you're honest with yourself, your strength today most likely came because of the struggles that you went to yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. So, for example, we're seeing that play out in people who have speech impediment problem, right? For example, I had that growing up. And all of a sudden, those people are helping others today. Somehow, in some way, God has led them in some form of communication, right? And, and you're seeing mothers that have been abused, right? They're now taking that mess, as you said, or that struggle, and that's their strength today. They're able to help others and shine the light and shine the path that is going to get people to the other side. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the main reasons I got into broadcasting whenever I was young. I didn't realize it at the time, but I got into it because I was shy, like introverted, like afraid to like speak out. So I got into broadcasting to learn that part of myself. And so if I don't use that to help other people figure that out, I'm not doing a service to the the journey I went through in that. And so I want to ask you this question. So you're an ex-Marine. Thank you so much for your service. Or would you say you're still a Marine? Are you once a Marine, always Marine? <laughs> right? You got it. Yeah. So thank you so much for your service. But I'm, I'm curious about the story of how you learned to swim what is that story for you? What does that mean? That's another part of the unstuck journey. Tell us about that. Yeah, yeah. So thank you. Thank you, Rob, for the question, because that is a big part of what and how I do today, like how I make decisions today, uh, business or otherwise, personal. It all stems from when I was a young man growing up in the city of Camden, New Jersey. I know you're currently in Altoona, right? And so we're like about whatever, two and a half hours or so away, mm -hmm. uh, probably more, right? So I grew up in the inner city of Camden. And I didn't know how to swim, but all my friends were, you know, at the shallow end of the pool. And then we would see all the big boys and girls doing the front flips. And I was like, how the other half lives, right? And it's like, oh, man. So I would literally stay on the edge and jump and try to do in three feet of water, right? <laughs> so I'm doing all of this, Rob. And, like, then I would run up to the 10, to the 10 feet where that's where all the excitement was. I would look in and I would run back, scared, my heart. Then I was practicing the shallow water, still didn't know. Fast forward, the lifeguard had a great idea. Let's throw this kid in. <laughs> so he threw me in, and I I literally, right in the middle of the pool, like it wasn't like at the edge, like he just threw me in because I was a little scrawny kid. I was halfway in the pool. All of a sudden, I went down, as expected. I came back up. 
everything that I was working on at the shallow, I got to the edge. I had a choice to make. Do I get pissed off at this guy? Hate him? Resent him? Like, I was really thinking a lot of stuff that went through my head. I just pushed off, jumped off again, went back in myself, did the same thing. Something just clicked. I stayed in there for much like that the whole day. I was just jumping in and now I'm having fun. What was the lesson? Like, it was crazy. All of this buildup in my head. And, you know, once I, that fear was pre presented to me, even though I had no choice. <laughs> yeah. The worst case scenario didn't happen. Yeah. It's that's so true, man. It's like everything just diving in is is the best thing to do, but it can be so hard to do it. I think that's that's like the birthplace of procrastination, right? When you yeah. think you're going to do something and you don't do it. And then that little that little molehill turns into this gigantic like Mount Everest of like you make up every reason in the world as to why you can't do the thing. And it just the becomes the dreading is worse than the doing. Yeah, exactly. Hi, my name is Jose Escobar, and I'm the founder and CEO of the Connected Leaders Academy. We're a growing tribe, a community of entrepreneurs all over the world, globally, all across the country, high performers, titans of industry. If you're an entrepreneur and you're looking to grow personally and professionally, scale your influence, develop your skill sets, move the needle in your business, more clients, more money, more profit, the bottom line, and of course, grow your circle and your network like never before, this is where you want to be. Join the Connected Leaders Academy today. We are scaling massively. We want to welcome you in. Check me out on Instagram and on Facebook, the at symbol JASCO25. We look forward to having you join us. Take care. How did how did that play into other parts in your life? Uh, you know, I think I could use this. I know I could use this. I'm sure there's people out there watching this who could definitely use this because everybody most people on earth, I would say, have something that they feel like, man, I should be doing this or I should be doing more of this or I know I'm supposed to be pushing myself a little bit in this direction and they're not quite doing it. How have you used that lesson and applied it to the rest of your life? Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. So whenever someone is challenging me, right, literally someone is challenging me, something that I say I want to do, like I want to be a speaker and all of a sudden somebody gives me an opportunity to be on their stage. And I have this fear of, oh my God, wait. And then they're, 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 they're really encouraging me. Come on, let's go. I can have resentment towards them. Like, oh my God, I'll do it when I'm ready. I'll <laughs> yeah. do it when I'm ready. And we know that if we wait for that day, someday will never come, right? Because someday is not one of the days of the week. It's Monday, Tuesday, someday doesn't exist. So <laughs> that's when I, when I now have a decision to make, I remind myself of that little old 10, nine-year-old Emilio, mm. right? Who was thrown in the pool. And I leverage that. I have an anchor. So I'm going to encourage anyone, if you have something that you build up, right? And the dreading was worse than the doing and you got on the other side and you're like, that wasn't so bad. Go back to that place. That's going to help you move forward in whatever it is you want to do. Because the truth is, and we've heard this before, right? You win by showing up. The dreading is much worse than the doing. That's I'm writing that down. I've before the conversation, I already made about 30 notes here. So I'm just gonna add a few more to the list. But the dreading is so much worse than the actual doing. 
And something that uh, I know, especially now in our culture, comparison becomes a very major thing in our culture, right? Uh, and comparison leads to procrastination, it leads to indecision, leads to judgment. You seem to be, to me, on the outside, somebody who doesn't compare themselves to others. You seem to be very much in your own lane as far as who you are and what you do. How have you developed that? Yeah, man. Awesome, man. Power, you, you see, you truly are a great leader because you ask these questions that speak right to the heart of the individual. And so what I've learned, Rob, is I learned to identify and not compare. Okay, because so I'll identify with if there's a challenge that I've got going on. I'm like, hmm, most people are in a conversation. If let's just say we're talking about my drinking history, right? My, my, my drunk log. I'm talking to you. And if you've been challenged with the same addiction, I'll say, hey, you know, Rob, I went ahead and, uh, you know, when, when doing my drinking, I had two DUIs. I, I, I had a divorce. I went into bankruptcy. And if you're comparing yourself to me, Emilio, really? Oh, I had three DUIs. I, I had two divorces. You see, that's comparison. That That's going to keep you stuck. But if you would say to me after I, I explained the same scenario, you know, Emilio, feel, felt, found. Has anyone ever heard that? It's called feel, felt, found. Listen, Emilio, I know how you feel. You know, I, I felt the same way uh, because I've, I've been there. But let me tell you what I found. I found that sharing your, your story uh, really begins the healing for you because we can't heal in secret, Emilio. And then you leave it there. So identify and not compare. That's so good. Feel, felt, found also. So think about that. Feel, felt, and found. That's really powerful. Yeah. And, you know, you can't heal yeah, you're unable to heal without telling that journey or you can't heal by yourself and there's part of that 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 comes out through the whole author part of your business the author part of your life i'm curious and i don't know if i've ever asked you this even uh, just you and i talking what led you to this place of helping other people write their stories helping other people get their word out there because that speaks to exactly what you're talking about being able to share that message. Man, see, man, you're, you're really good at what you're doing, man, because you're about to make me cry again. You're, you're hitting me at the core. So why and how I started this journey, I don't know if I have the copy right here somewhere, but there was a book called The 101 Ways to Thank a Veteran, okay? I had it in my laptop for five years. It was done. But because I got left back in first grade, I felt inadequate. You know, my mom moved around a lot. So I, I just, I felt inadequate because of, of that. And I was on Facebook, social media, like everyone else. And I saw everyone, I'm a best-selling author. Oh, I just wrote my book. And I would like, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those guys that I'm a big cheerleader. I'm like, but I found myself being resentful. Like th that spirit of resentment coming up. Mm. I was like, what the hell's wrong with me? Mm. Right? And then I just made a prayer to God, right? I, I lean on, I'm like, God, I don't know how, but within the next 24 hours, I'm going to get this book out of here and in my hands. I don't, it was just kind of just a thought and something that I spoke out loud. The divine download came. I went to Staples and you know how they had to do the binding for business conference, you know, business conference, they make up these booklets. Yeah. I, I went, I called Staples up and they were like, yeah, Mr. Roman, just send us the file over. We'll put it together. And I was like, within 24 hours, I got goosebumps. They made, I don't know, seven or 10, whatever that was, ready for this. 
And I'm looking at this thing that was in my computer for five years. It was already done. I, I already took the picture. I went down to Atlantic City and there's a memorial on the Atlantic City boardwalk with the beautiful flags and the beautiful monuments. I've taken that. I already had designed the cover. I have sent it to Fiber. one of these. Everything was done, brother. Hmm. Everything. And here within 24 hours, it was done. It wasn't pretty, but it was done. And I that wish I could uh, have it here somewhere. If if, uh, if you give me a second, I may be sure. able to find it. <laughs> sure, I'll give you a second. Yeah, let's see. I mean, uh, it may be here. And I, I think while you're while you're looking for that, the, the the big thing for me and what you're saying is it wasn't perfect, but it was done. Yes. You know? And and the procrastination in that, the the it's it's fear and procrastination does does disguised as perfectionism is what we tend to do. Right. We we tend to just hide ourselves behind this. Well, it's not exactly where I want it to be yet. Well, but you gotta just do it. Just move. Yeah, brother. Yes, yes. And, and, and so you, you get it. And it was something very similar to this, right? And Anthony Robbins, it's a binder, just like this. It, it was just really simple. In fact, so Anthony Robbins has been one of my mentors. Look at this. This is one day of greatness, right? So it was just something like this. Here's the interesting part. I sent it off to one of the gentlemen in, in, in my city, my beloved city of Camden, New Jersey. Uh, he's, uh, he's a politician who's always helping other people. I send that off to him, Rob. Within 90 days, I totally forgot about it, right? And guess what? I get a letter saying, you've been honored for your work and your book with veterans. Within 90 days, I became an award-winning author out of something. <laughs> talk about done is better than perfect. And I, I got goosebumps because it just brings me back to that moment. The dreading is worse than the doing. The doing. Absolutely. And it went right back to my swimming when the guy threw me in. I, I was always, I called it window shopping, right? I, I would go to the 10 foot area, get scared, want to be there, but go back. And so that's how I approach every decision today. For the most part, for the most part, that's what I do. Like I, I remind myself when I'm, uh, Austin Hain calls it nerve sighted, right? Nerve sighted is that sweet spot in life where you're nervous, you got to make a decision. And then there's the excitement. So the sweet spot in life is you should feel nervous about that that decision that, that you want to write a book or about getting on stage or about starting that nonprofit that you want to start or creating that partnership or charging more. That was a big conversation you and I had earlier, right? Charging more for your yeah. services. Nerve sighted. That's that's perfect. That really does. You said that was I got to get Austin Haynes on here. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, we love Austin Haynes. That's really good because that's so many things, uh, at least for me, I, I th that feeling of like, wow, I'm so nervous about this thing, but I'm also like just excited, like thrilled. It's like a, it's like electricity, right? You can kind of feel that running yeah, through you. Yeah. You know, it's like the right. I've always said it like this. My uh, son, we, we take jujitsu and at his first jujitsu tournament, he was so scared to go out there. You know, there's probably a couple thousand people there he's going to be one-on-one -on -one with a kid it's it's scary i mean it's especially it was scary for me in my 30s it was really scary for him and when he was i guess he would have been like uh six at the time and i said buddy does it is this is this scary he's like yeah i'm scared i'm like does, does it make you excited like is it make is it fun like does it excite you and he's like yeah it's exciting and i was like so that means you should do it if something's a little bit scary but also really exciting to you Amen. dive in and do it 
like you're going to be so much happier. And I have a similar swim story to you. I it, it involves a high dive. So I already knew how to swim at this time, but uh, we would go to this this pool and they had like the Olympic high dives. Like it was it was like, I don't know, 20 feet in the air or whatever, really tall. And lots of kids were jumping off of it. And some, you know, adults were doing like backflips and stuff. And I walked up on that high dive probably, I don't know, a hundred times. I'd climb the ladder, walk to the edge, stand there, look down, scared, <laughs> so scared. I was like so scared to death. And I'd climb back down and my dad would be like, all right. And it just happened over and over and over and over again. And eventually one day and nobody threw me in it was just like me i was so fed up i was so sick of this i just jumped and once i jumped i was like that was the most fun i've ever had and then i jumped eight million times after <laughs> you know but it was like it and for me i also noticed like there's a part of me um that i have to like push myself to that edge a bunch of times it seems like for certain things before i finally jump and so i I think for some people listening to this also, it's like sometimes you're going to have to like get yourself to that edge enough times where you finally make it. But if you don't put yourself to that edge and if you just think about it, because you might not always act right away. And this is what I've learned about myself. I might not always act right away, but I'll put myself right to the edge of acting enough times to where I get so fed up with myself that eventually I do do it. And if I don't, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life, you know? So that's Ooh, I, I love that. Thank you for sharing that story, brother. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. So as we wrap this thing up, uh, Emilio, it's always amazing talking to you. So I'm so glad that I finally got you on the podcast. Thank you for being a sponsor. Thank you for speaking into my life. Is there anything that you'd like to leave the audience with before we sign off? You know, everything that we've talked about here, again, with confidence, and I'll end by saying this, that your life, my life, shrinks according to our courage. Okay, So go ahead, be courageous. Do what Rob says. Whatever's making you nervous, at least step up, face it, get up on it. You may walk away several times, but I promise you, you stay connected with Lit Coaching. You stay connected with the organizations that want to support you, and you're going to face it, and you're going to move forward. Love it, man. Thank you so much. And I want to ask the audience this question. So the question I asked you at the beginning, I'm going to ask them at the end. So if you're watching or listening right now, if you could live the second part of your life differently from the first what would that look like for you? I encourage you to reach out to Emilio. All of his information is in the description. Make sure you reach out to him and Ama. Get connected and get inspired by him, man, because you're an, an inspiring guy that everybody should be in contact with, brother. Thank you, brother. Thank you for being a part of the Unstuck Movement. I thank you, brother.